Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Villains and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. It's me, Neil, and Paddy's here, but we're joined by a wonderful guest today. We've got Lisa Smith from Prepared PR, and she's come on today to chat to us about everything Villa and everything to do with Manchester United, the, the United game coming up. Firstly, Lisa, I'm, I know Paddy's fine. I'm sick of talking to him. Lisa, how are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. And the same to you, the absolutely the same to you. And it has been a Merry Christmas so far, Lisa, with uh, four points from six, I suppose, and, uh, and, and, and some very good performances to boot. Um, and we'll get on to that in a moment, but I suppose I do feel bad after saying I'm sick of talking to Paddy, but I better find out how he's getting on. Paddy, how are you doing? Sure, I'm fine. I'm always <laughs> fine, aren't I? <laughs> well, yeah. And unless there's a VAR decision goes against us, Paddy, then there's a bit of a ruckus. Um, but I did mention, I, did, I was saying there that we've had a, a you know, I suppose, a, a very fruitful Christmas so far with a win and a, and a draw. And uh, without doing it too much, Lisa, what, what was your views on that game against Chelsea? Uh, I suppose anything to do with the the, 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 t- the team, the performance itself? How did you find it? Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I think um, these are the games where we're showing the progress that the club has made. Um, you know, in the past, we might clinch the odd result. Um, obviously, that amazing 7-2 win over Liverpool, we all start to dream and, and, you know, talk about Europe. But it's for me, it's the games like Leicester and Chelsea where we really had to grind out something. Um, and what I love to see is the more working as a team, 
I think we know Jack runs the show, but the, the players to a man have stepped up. We feel confident with the defence. We've got an excellent keeper. You you work your way through the team. Luez contributes. McGinn, obviously, um, was, was huge in the game the other night. And to come away from Chelsea and actually thinking... You know, had that shot gone under the bar and had Amwaz had the shot gone in, we, we would actually have been taking another scalp from what they call the Premier League top six. Yeah, and that's something I think that uh, we haven't lost to the to the top six so far this year. And, uh, you know, those, those performances keep coming. And what was, I think it would be fair to say, what, what the national media and, and, and so on might have called an anomaly against Liverpool and Leicester is now becoming a habit. You know, as we see this, and and we're going to need to develop that habit, I suppose, and it could be further from from how we we performed last year against the the traditional top six, I suppose, because we couldn't get a point until we beat Arsenal, you know, towards the towards the end of the year. But we do have Man United, um, coming up on the horizon, and for me, it's no secret that this is the game. Win this game if we'd won this game and lost the last two. I would have been as happy as a pig in the proverbial um, <laughs> over Christmas, you know. So it's uh, this is the one for me. Myself and Paddy have said it. This is like a derby for us because every second person in the streets a United fan in Ireland. So uh, it's uh, it it would be nice to to finally beat United. And Paddy, um, I'm gonna come to you first. What do you think? What are, uh, Ross uh, Ross Barkley had a, a had a tweet there that uh, I suppose teased a couple of things. Do you think he'll come straight back into the into the, the well, reckoning. I think his tweet was just letting everybody know he was ready, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't forget um, me. I know I know you're playing well, but don't yeah. forget about me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not sure he put him straight back in. I think I think he'd more than likely be on the bench. Um probably yeah. had too much of a of a break to be thrown straight in without even an under twenty three game or anything. So I'd say we could be looking at him coming on after 70, 75 minutes, depending on where we're at, mm-hmm. yeah, just to get some minutes under his belt. But it is good to have another option at our disposal and what an option to have. Mm-hmm. What do you think of him, Lisa? I agree with you. I mean, who would have thought we'd be talking about Ross Barkley, maybe not going straight back in? I mean, the first week he was missing, we really missed him and uh, I was willing him back within a couple of weeks. But now you have to say... The guys who've stepped in have deserved that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I hope he, he gets some game time. I don't expect him to come back and be man of the match or anything, but I think he's in back in. Um, and it's we, the one thing Villa have never really had is a squad, have we? We've never really had much strength in depth. And I think we're slowly working towards that. And with January around the corner, let's hope they're, you know, I really think they're ambitious and they will make people like him perhaps permanent and um, what an asset to the squad. Who who gets dropped in the in the the event that he does start? Because you know there's been times when we've looked at that 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 uh, I'm going to call it three quarters three, so just behind Watkins. And uh, there's been sometimes you've looked at it and and you've thought, ah, oh, Troy might be the one to be dropped. Agassi might be the one to be dropped. They're not going to drop Jack. Who do you think gets the boot uh, if he is to if he is to be started, Lisa? Well, obviously Jack's ever present. Um, Al Ghazi's done more than enough to earn his stripes. Um, I still get quite cross when I think of how the, some of the fans turned on him earlier in the season. Um, and, you know, he, he's missed a lot of chances, but he's also scored some really important goals. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be in this position now in this league. So, um, you know, maybe Traore, I think he, he looks to me like he maybe 
plays in bursts. I know he had that one game when he was excellent. Um, was it the Arsenal game, maybe? But um, I think maybe give him 60 minutes and then bring Ross on in that position, maybe. Mm, unless we forget, we've got Trezeguet. So what would have been the position whereby, probably I think at the start of the season, even though we had signed players in that position, we would have said, it's going to be Jack and it's going to be Trezeguet. And then we're going to cross our fingers, see if the other two guys can, can compete. It's fair enough mm. to say, Paddy, that the other two guys have competed. Now we do, as Lisa said, we're now beginning to develop a squad out of nowhere, especially in around those pivotal attacking four positions that we have. Well, that's it. We, we spoke towards the end of last season over and over at nauseam about the fact that these guys were probably running on empty at that stage, but they had no competition. So now they have competition. They have to up their game and, and do their utmost to stay in, which I think... El Ghazi, to be fair to him, has. And, you know, there's been some criticism of him. Some of it justified, some of it unjustified, and some of it just unfair. But uh, it's uh, it's great to have competition. And, you know, it, it'll be strange to see what happens in, a, in a, a transfer window where you're looking around going, how many players do we actually need? What do you think, Lisa? If you, if you had to put a, a one-word answer here, how many players will be signed in January? Well, I don't do one word answers. <laughs> um, I always think you're January in the right place. Is a, strange, <laughs> a strange window, isn't it? I never really expect to see great moves in January. I sometimes think you'll replace someone if they're long term injured. Um, I never expect to see a lot, so maybe, maybe a couple. Um, I don't even know what positions really we'd we need to strengthen. Maybe another midfielder might be useful, more of a defensive role. Um, Right back, have we got any cover if anything happens there? Maybe we could do with strengthening there. But, yeah, I mean, we definitely need more players. Don't forget the cup games kick in. I mean, we've got a small match of Liverpool after mm. after the uh, yeah. start of the year. So, cup games, we you know, and, and with the fixtures, I, I mean, I can't even work out where we are in the season. We're not where we normally would be at Christmas, are we? Because they're cramming games in. But, you know, I was in, impressed against Chelsea how we managed to play so well, having played... 48 hours earlier. That's it's a big ask at that level. Yeah, it's well, is it? Are we seeing that maybe it's a cop out for some managers when they, they <laughs> rotate and tweak <laughs> and twist the, their teams? Now look, let, far be it. I'm still crying out. If anybody knows of a sports scientist, I'd love to love him, love for uh he or she to come on the podcast and talk us through that because that's a fascinating piece. But uh I think you probably find in this Aston Villa team there are some physical anomalies in there, like Jack Grealish just plays and plays and plays and, and John McGinn and yeah, look I, I, I'm sure at some stage that there uh, there'll be some red flags from a fitness point of view from those guys but uh, look as long as we're playing well and we're not the team that's flagging uh, with the 48 hours uh, I'll be delighted but uh, you are right it, it, it's it's and, and like even with the with cancellations again today you know there's more cancellations between Spurs and, and Fulham and obviously we've two games to fit in somewhere and Big Sam is calling for a a close to proceedings for two weeks. I wonder you know, why. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Rumours have it. It was a little bit cold in West Brom. He got a chill. It was about minus five last night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he had a big he, he had a big enough coat on. He's put a, he's wintered well over <laughs> since he's been out of, out of football as well. It shouldn't have been too cold. Uh, I, th I think he's hoping for an Aston Villa style comeback after a COVID break, yeah. like we did. <laughs> Um, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? He's only in he's only in three games, and he's talking like there, there's very little in the difference of what was going on when he took the job and what what's there now. So, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe he feels if he gets a break, he can he can work on his team. Yeah. I definitely don't. I don't think there's any health matters in in for him to be worrying about that he's coming out with a conversation like that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, he, he's got a lot in his hands to be honest with you. He's got a lot that he's going to have to try and try and fix in, in I suppose just on the field with that club. Great draw against Liverpool, but then you go out and you get mullered by uh, by Leeds. You know, it's going to be um, it's going to be an uphill slog for them. And I mm-hmm. think they knew that when they when they appointed him, trying to catch lightning in a bottle, but. We uh we do have a United game uh, on the horizon, I suppose. Lisa, look, United are beginning to pick up pick up uh, head of steam, and uh, they're beginning to, you know, they're beginning to get a pattern together. And I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is is slowly but surely finding out what his best team is. Um, I suppose besides the, the the obvious of Bruno Fernandez, who do you really think needs to be do we need to nail down, and should we be superbly worried about? Uh, when this United team, when we roll up to, to Old Trafford um, on Friday evening? Well, as you know, we've got a, a very poor history against United. I think I've seen us beat them once or twice in my life. Um, and that's got to be put, you know, we've got to put a stop to that. Um, uh, that's in the league. I, obviously, I was there at Wembley when we hammered them. But but normally in the league, they're, they're a difficult team for us. Um, I really rate Rashford on and off the pitch. I think he's a really good guy and uh, excellent player. Um, and I think the, the anomaly is Pogba because a good Pogba is an absolute nightmare to manage uh, and to play against. But, you know, nine times out of ten, he looks like he's... he's still back in the changing room listening to a CD or something. It's uh, he's a strange player, but uh, I watched their game against Wolves last night and Wolves showed that you can really take them to the wire. So I think, you know, we'll give them a good game and Wolves haven't got a jack at the minute. They're missing their star man. And I think we've just got a chance we can open something up. I think, I know it's Jack's favourite team, isn't it? He loves to score against them mm. as he did last time. So yeah, I'm, I'm confident we'll, we'll give them a good game. Be a great game to watch. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones, Paddy. I think I don't I don't want them to start with Cavani, um, and it's probably counteract counterintuitive to what I would have said four games ago. Start with Cavani, have a bit more of a slower presence up there, but um, just the way that our back four deals with pacey strikers now. Was the the bane of our life previously, but the way we've dealt with people like Vardy, we've dealt with uh, uh, Bamiang, um, you know, all these these top class strikers. It's been the slower strikers, the more ponderous, the the, the guys that, that get into positions and and can just put a ball away from five yards, like Bamford, like uh, like whoever else, like Danny Ings, you know, these mm-hmm. guys who are who are more kind of clinical strikers, and um, that we've struggled with. Where do you come down on that, Paddy? Do you think it will be Martial or do you think he's going to give Cavani a few more minutes because he does seem to rotate the two of them in and out now? I, I think it'll be Martial. I think I think he'll uh, he'll go for pace against us. Um, I think it was a rest for Martial that, that Cavani was in there, as strange as that may seem. Um, as you mentioned there, Marcus Rashford, isn't, isn't it an awful pity that he plays for Man United because he's such a likeable young man? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's horrible to think that you're like you're wishing wishing unwell on him, but uh, he, he, you know he's such a likable guy. But on top of that, he, he is a quite a good player, so you know he's something to have to be uh, worried about. I think we're gonna mix it up. Is you know I I I, I thought that we lost a bit in midfield yesterday. Um, I think Matic and Pogba 
I, I just can't see them working together. So it just depends on what they decide to do in there, whether they sit too deep or not. Um, we might see Fred coming back in. But the amazing thing for me is they bought Donny van der Beek and they don't seem to be giving him a look in either. And every time he comes on, he looks like a great player. Um, it, <laughs> it has me scratching my head. But I think other than that, there won't be too many changes. You know, Fernandes will be there, more than likely Greenwood. And then I suppose your biggest decision is either Pogba or Matic come out of there and um, probably Martial for Cavani. That would be the only ones I would see. Yeah, because I think that they'll definitely start McTominay. I think they, I think they'll want to get him in there. Uh, he is industrious as they come, you know, and, and they're going he to is, want to try yeah. and counteract uh, a Ross Barkley or even a John McGinn pushing forward. Um, but that is going to be an area I think that we will potentially look to unlock, uh, unlock the United, the, the United rear guard. And Lisa, if we were to kind of put your finger on on a certain area of this team where you think that we. We should really go for the jugular, you know, where they where they have been sloppy and have been inconsistent. And is there any that kind of kind of springs to mind in that United team? Um, I'm trying to think what I've seen of them this season. Um, I mean, obviously the style of play that Dean plays now, where we, we we're on the front foot and very attacking, is very different from what we've played in the past. Um, and we've got quite a lot of confidence at the back. I mean, Ming sadly has the odd mistake in him, but uh, overall he, he commands a good lead. And I think um, with a bit of luck, the way we, we, we're so quick on the break, we might just catch United at the back. I think there might be a couple of cases where, you know, if we can whip the ball down the wing or Jack can run through the middle, we just just get the upper hand over them. We just, I think our pace will frighten them a little bit. That's really interesting because that's what I think too. I think that, they are, I think everybody, when they look at the team, they say, oh, Harry Maguire has had a bit of a, a couple of cartoons moments this year. You know, he hasn't been been quick to get back up and, and to turn and so on. And they've needed somebody like Eric Bailly in beside him. They obviously started Lindelof right back last week. I don't think he's going to be in there. But saying that, I'd nearly prefer Juan Bissaka and, and Luke Shaw to be there because... I actually think that we can get at them. I think we're we're a bad matchup for Juan Bissaka and a bad matchup for Luke Shaw, and that they're not going to be too enthused at facing up to maybe a roving Jack Grealish or uh, the powerful running of El Ghazi that we're seeing. Like El Ghazi with his tail up is is a completely different beast than than El Ghazi mm-hmm. who's missed uh, who's missed two or three sitters. And then obviously you've got Ross Barkley that floats in and around. He stays up near Watkins, does play an awful lot off the right hand side and the left hand side as well. So he's a he's kind of a movable target in and around there. So really looking forward to see how they do against those fullbacks. And um, as I say, I kind of I, I want them to start Wan Bissaka, and I think they will. And I think Luke Shaw is just nailed down the other position. Although Tellez did play. Uh, half the last game. took him off at half time last night because yeah. he, he struggled with Adama <laughs> but his pace and, and his physicality was a struggle for him which would be a struggle for most people in fairness yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a yeah so it is, it is going to be an interesting matchup and uh, one that as I say the hair stands up in the back of my neck thinking about this because uh, we're going to go there and we're going to give him a right good game and I'm confident that we would we will do that um, I'm I, it's it's the one game of the year I don't want to give a score prediction because anything can go wrong. We could have a dodgy VAR decision in Old Trafford. We could have five dodgy VAR decisions in Old Trafford. So it's it's one of those ones I don't really want to give a score prediction, but it would really, I, I feel like Kevin Keegan. I would love it if we beat them. <laughs> you know, I, I really At feel least like... You have to... <laughs> 
<laughs> at least they haven't got Fergie's watch. That always used to be the killer. Do you remember? Yeah. Fergie time, 96 minute and they equalise or they get the winner. And I've left there many a game almost, you know, disconsolate thinking yeah. if that whistle had gone on the 94th minute, we'd have been all right. But <laughs> Which is nearly what happened yesterday, really, wasn't it? Mm. Going so late with a deflection. Well, how, year, how are you with the with the whole not being able to get the games? Because I know you're um, you're obviously an avid fan, and you you, you probably go to ninety nine percent of games. I know the last time every I every game, you. yeah, I never yeah. miss. I mean, that's that's what's killed me really, because um, you know, it's it's my social life. I, I work hard, and and you know, my family are grown up, so my hobby is and always has been Villa, and. Um, I enjoy the camaraderie of meeting up with friends on the road and going to games together. I enjoy the social life. I enjoy the physical game. I mean, it's for me, watching football live, I've done since I was three or four years of age, going to watch my dad play sort of local level. And um, I, I find it hard. I enjoy it on TV. At first, I didn't like it at all. I, I found it difficult. I watched it, but I, I really felt... I was envious that I wasn't there and I was I was cross that we weren't there. But I've got more used to watching it now and enjoying it. And um, I just feel a little sad for, for the, the other fans like myself that go uh, week in, week out, never miss. It's just frustrating that we're finally playing the football that we all would love to see. And we're not there. Maybe sometimes I think it helps the team. I think, unfortunately, we've got a small fan base who are we're well known as having some fickle fans who get on the team's back, certainly the ones who got on Dino's back a year or so ago. Mm. That was frustrating. Um, and before that, we had quite a rough time and Brucey when there were fans who, their behaviour and the, the attitude towards the team and the manager was, I understand people pay big money to watch a game and they talk to their opinion, but at times it that toxicity saw, almost uh, seeped through onto the pitch. And um, I'm, I am really gutted that that we're not there and you know I'm lucky I've got other interests in life as well but for some people I know who live alone um the villa is their life and, and I really feel for those people because their only lifeline is watching their team on the weekend absolutely that, that is the killer isn't it it's like for for all of us you know the last time we met you was was going into Wembley which was yeah. which was the last game I went to and everyone was so jovial and singing, going up the, the escalator in, into into Wembley. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just what we live for, really, isn't it? It's, it's the it's the noise, it's the fun, it's the crack, as we say here in Ireland. Yeah. It's just it's just a day out, and it's you know it's that release from the hard work that you put in week in week out for 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 the end result of having a great day out watching the villa with your friends and friends that you've had all your life. It's it's you know yeah. it's it's sad that we're missing all that, um, and. You know, it's been for me. It's been my biggest struggle throughout this whole pandemic is is not being able to to go to Villa Park and watch the games. Obviously, I didn't go as often as you, but you know, it takes a bit more saving to pay for flights and yeah, <laughs> hotels and what have you. Yeah, yeah, it's your other sports as well, isn't it? I mean, I know you follow Munster, and you know, yeah. we all like have rugby, and you know, I watched the darts the other day, and there's no fans there. And you know, what a great sport that is for the fans. You know, they make that sport, and it, it's a sad time, I think, that we're all. And I, I just hope this COVID outbreak that they're talking about now, and the fact football is implicated again, I just hope they don't decide to, to end the season for a while and it break momentum. That'd be really sad. Well, at least watching it. They, they, they could let us. They could let us win on, on, on New Year's Day and then call the season if they like. Yeah. <laughs> 
and we can all go on European tours next year. <laughs> oh, imagine. I oh, know. I'll be gutted if we get to Europe and we can't go. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think by the time the season ends, I think we'd be looking at a lot brighter picture, hopefully, with the vaccine and fingers crossed and i know we had a new vaccine approved in the uk today and we, we had our first vaccine uh administered, administered yesterday yeah. so um yeah you, ha- you have we've as we come towards the end of this year you have to look on the bright side of this stage because we've all had a tough one both mentally financially physically everything so it's just it's just that we look forward to uh to a brighter 2021 i hope and i hope that starts with with three points <laughs> on friday night it'd be nice wouldn't it mm. Really would, yeah. Absolutely, and, and just uh, on, on the missing uh, going to live games, it's been about three years since I went, bought a house, decided I had to lock down financially for, <laughs> for a period <laughs> of time. And uh, But I will tell you one thing, I did get a hankering for, like I've never, ever, ever outside of any, I've never had a puck of pie unless it's been at a match. And I don't know why, <laughs> I just, I was sitting down the other day and I went, I'd love some sort of steak and kidney pie. And I think that was that's the first time I've it's kind of hit me that it's it's kind of a situation where boy, yeah, let's get this thing knocked in the head so we can get over there again because I've never had one outside of Villa Park. <laughs> so that's uh that's definitely something to look forward to. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> we'll have to do an away trip to Burnley next year or so because the pies in Burnley are oh, all like there. right up there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pies. You're on. I'm there for it. I'm there. And Lisa, obviously, you know, look, you're you're part of prepared PR. It's it's uh, you know, it's it's obviously we're in in the pandemic that we're in at the moment. Has it affected your 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 business a lot? Is it uh, what I suppose you tell me without me having to try and <laughs> try and guess yeah. what's happened? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I was a journalist for many years, and then. Um, went into PR after a spell working in sport and used to have probably the dream job in the world covering the villa for the Birmingham Mail um, and I was the first woman in my group to do that and um, and it was great days I used to drive into Bodymore every day to meet players and Martin O'Neill at the time and just think you know that that is the ultimate for me the dream job um, but obviously you know the newspaper industry has been massively declining in the last 10 years um, so eventually I took the option to leave and um, and thought I would set up a sports PR agency as there wasn't really one like that in Birmingham. Um, and I was very lucky because then over the next five or six years, I worked with pretty much every one of our players in some format or another, whether it be um, alongside the club or whether it be their charities, um, events for them. I was doing events. I did a, a party for John McGinn and things like this. You know, it's um, it was it, it was an absolute dream, really, to be honest. But um, with the pandemic, a lot of things changed and. Um, I'm currently working in-house doing marketing for a company at the moment, which I'm very grateful for. Um, it was a contact through Villa who got me in. And, um, and you know, that's where your football friends prove to be the best friends you can have, really, because um, at the moment there, there wouldn't be much call for my kind of business. There's no hospitality or events. Obviously, very little access to the players. Um, they can't host events. They can't launch charities. They can't launch businesses. So it's... Uh, it's a tough time, but I'm grateful for, you know, the situation I'm in. It could be a lot worse. And it is poised there. I hope to pick it back up, um, you know, in the near future. But, yeah, that's where we're at at the minute. 
Excellent. And uh, I completely lost my train of thought there. No, I, was, <laughs> I'm, oh, yes, I had something to say. I, I presume the John McGinn party was a fancy dress party. <laughs> Turkey suit it optional. Wasn't <laughs> what? No, it it was, did something um, serious. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it was a strange one because usually footballers, they if they want to celebrate an occasion, they... They want to hire a few booze in a nightclub, you know, and they want something quite flash. But typical John McGinn, it was a sort of a welcome to Birmingham party when he first signed. Um, he wanted me to arrange for his family and friends to um, have quite an intimate dinner party. They wanted Aberdeen Angus steak. And he said, any chance you could get me a folk band? And I was like, oh, my God, I, <laughs> I absolutely don't know any folk bands, but managed to find one. And, um, yeah, he really enjoyed it. And he was... Um, he matched all the steak with his wine and but very very sort of different from the norm and you know I think that's what comes across with him that not only is he great fun but he's quite a sort of humble simple guy he's not one for the big flash Lamborghinis and the you know 15,000 pound bottles of, of champagne in the club it's he wanted decent steak decent wine and some nice music and uh, just his family around him and he's got a big family you know his brothers both play up in Scotland and um Fantastic bloke, great family. It's uh, I think of all the players in the team, he the, he's the one that I would be absolutely blown away with if he came in with some sort of crazy haircut. Even for all the mad stuff he does, <laughs> he just seems that you know that normal down to kind of guy from that point of view. Like uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing him on the front page with this new uh, with new a new fashion craze uh, some no. sometime soon. Other than the turkey suit, that is. Other than the turkey suit, certainly cut, which is certainly. But he uh, is such a great guy, though, isn't he? He's such, he's such a personable guy. I remember a few years ago when he just signed, um, when we go to home games, we would go very early in the morning. So we go down and meet the players as they're coming in and, you know, it makes my son very, very happy. But John again just stood there and it must have been five or six minutes just having a chat with me and Stephen about football and Celtic and Rangers were playing the next day and we had a good old chat and I remember... Walking away from there, Stephen goes, can I get McGinn on my shirt? <laughs> you know, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Jack or anyone else flash. It was John McGinn. He was just he was just so good and so nice. Mm-hmm. And to everybody all along the line, he just gave them his time. And he's just such a wonderful guy and, and a smashing yeah. player as well. We're very lucky. I think we've got some really good players, haven't we? In terms of, you know, most of them are, are, seem to be really good guys. I think that's something Dean looks for in players, that they're part of a team and that they... You know, they are quite grounded and, and good with the fans, and that comes across. Absolutely. We, we had a long discussion on our last podcast about something very, very similar, where we discussed, you know, the the psychology of the All Blacks is, you know, they have a sign saying no dickheads at the door. <laughs> they just don't let the, if, if you're going to, if you're going to act out a character of what they expect from you, you have no place within the All Black setup. So it seems that that's the way we are. You know, we were mm. talking about, you know, what kind of player we're going to attract and sign and how many. And I, th- I think I agree with you that there probably will be only two signings in in the transfer window. Um, you know, pro- they probably will get cover for defensive midfield. And I would like to see cover left back because I think we might be a bit short if, uh, if Matty Target got injured. But uh, that that's, the, you know, just outlined what we were discussing that the... The, the philosophy of, of Dean is to have good quality uh, both in, on the pitch and off the pitch and it's, it seems to be a great togetherness within the group Definitely, I'd agree with that Actually you pulled me, you're, you're right it's left back, not right back because we've got 
good old Freddie Gilbert, we're right back if he ever needed. But yes. um, yeah, and it's El the left Elmo. back. Yeah. Do you have a reliable Elmo as well? Yeah. <laughs> He's always there, isn't he, though? He good is. Lad. Yeah. Guys, we've got some breaking news. The Premier League have rejected the cooling off period and it's not in favour of the temporary break and it has its full faith in COVID-19 protocols. So just as we were talking about it there, it has come out. I presume it's, it was announced in conjunction with the new tiering systems that Boris Johnson is, is announcing and has been repeating throughout the course of the day. So as of now, there will be no cooling off period and uh, forces Big Sam to do his job. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Which, which is definitely one that I'm sure he's not looking that he's going to have his yeah. Wear a mask, big Sam, you'll be fine. Mask, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay in your bubble. Exactly. Um, Lisa, that's been amazing. And Patty, it's been amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa, for popping on. Um, no, uh, you're welcome. It's been really nice to chat with you guys and uh, lots of love to everyone there and uh, hope you all keep safe. Yeah, we will we'll try. We'll try our best. As I say, we, can only, we don't know what they're going to announce for us later on here in Ireland. There's talks of a, of a full, full lockdown. And as you know, the the up in the north in Northern Ireland, uh, there's actually an 8 p.m. curfew coming into play. So uh, I don't know will they go that harsh down here, but um, we will have some sort of lockdown. So uh, for mm. me to hear that the... Um, we will have some sort of national lockdown, I imagine. But for me to hear that uh, the, the Premier League isn't going to be uh, mothballed for two weeks is uh, it's raised my spirits a small bit today. I can tell you that <laughs> yeah. much, guys. It really has. Just stock up the spirits, stock up the beer, stock up the spirits. <laughs> exactly. I know you like your pubs down there, and I know if they're closed, <laughs> you need to have. Who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's why we all come. We all like a drink. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, listen, uh, Lisa, thank you so much for popping on. Um, Lisa, do you want to? Do you have any any social media handles you want to plug? I'm sure, but I actually feel it's more patronising saying that because I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows. Actually, there's not a lot we can do. There's not a lot we can do, but um, yeah. Uh, but anyone who's listening who doesn't follow the Villa, start watching because this is a club on the up. And uh, I hope in 20 years' time, they won't be talking about every kid in Ireland starts supporting Man United, but, you know, maybe they they start supporting the Villa. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you saw today. Did you see the, the supercomputer made a prediction for the rest of the season? Did you see it today? I have seen that, no. What, what, what would you predict that they said the position we'd finish? <sighs> Top six? Yeah, second. No, really? <laughs> It is quite open though, isn't it? It is quite open because Man City, Arsenal, these clubs are all dropping points. So, wow, that that would be nice. But not yet because we can't go to Europe yet. (laughs) They predicted the league will be won with 84 points. Wow. Nuts, isn't it? Absolutely nuts. Isn't it? But look, nice position to be in. We'll, we'll take it <laughs> if we can get it. <laughs> we'll do another podcast when we, you know, when we we clinch the uh, second place. <laughs> you never know; could come down like to the last guys. day of the season. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. It would be great. Oh no, I don't think my nerves will stand that. <laughs> No, it was great to see you, Lisa. Keep up the spirits. And you, Paddy. And thanks, Neil. All the best, guys. Thanks for Have a great one. We'll see you. Up the villa. Happy New Year. And to you. All the up best. The villa. Bye. Bye. Up the villa.
thanks a million to Lisa for popping on there. It was really, really great to chat to her. Uh, you know, doing this podcast over the Christmas period, is it, it, it's been fantastic to talk to so many people, even with Christmas special and so on beforehand. It's really, really made... Uh, made the socializing of Christmas an awful lot easier and I really, really appreciate Lisa giving up her time uh, to talk to us, to talk to myself and Paddy. So onwards we go towards Manchester United on uh, New Year's Day. Let's hope we win and all that's left to say is up the fella. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.